We know how the story ends. But for just a few minutes, I want you to forget that you know how the story ends. I want you to forget that you know Jesus rises. And I want you to imagine you're one of the disciples. I want you to imagine that on Sunday, you marched into Jerusalem expecting a king. And now on Friday, your hopes are dashed. Your expectations have failed. Unfortunately, death is a part of life that we have to experience. And so most of us can relate to somebody dying when we didn't think it was coming. And what is the thing that you do when that happens? You reflect back and you rewind and you think about those last conversations. And I want to take you to one of the last conversations that Jesus had had with his disciples. I want to take you to the book of Luke and I want to look at chapter 22, 19 and 20, verses 19 and 20. It's the verses that we get the Lord's Supper from. I'm going to read to you from this for just a second. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Imagine reflecting back on those words. Let's look at them closely. The first thing that we see is Jesus' body was broken for us. Christ's body in the crucifixion was broken for us. But why? Why did we need his body to be broken for us? Hebrews 10, verses 10 through 14, paints a vivid picture of the sacrifices that the priests made in atonement for sin. Look at this picture that Hebrews 10 paints. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. The picture is vivid. Day after day, hour after hour, the Jews offered sacrifice after sacrifice. There's stories that we read about a steady flow of blood coming down from the Temple Mount in the Kidron Valley as animal after animal was slaughtered. Why? Because we're sinners. But Hebrews teaches us those sacrifices could not cover the sin sufficiently. It had to be done repeatedly, day after day. The solution was Jesus' body, broken for us. The payment for our sacrifice 
so that no longer is it necessary for us to slaughter animals which never fully atone for our sin. No. Instead, God's Son was slaughtered on the cross in atonement for our sin, the perfect sacrifice. His body broken for us. But Luke also talks about the cup. It says, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Not only was Christ's body broken for us, but Christ's blood initiated a new covenant. Christ's blood initiated a new covenant. You see, the old covenant had lots of problems for us. The old covenant refers to the Mosaic covenant. God's law as expressed to Moses I want to turn in our Bibles to Jeremiah 31. Israel failed to keep God's law. Israel, in fact, failed so miserably before God had even finished giving the law to Moses, they had already broken it. See, no law could ever save us because we see a law and what do we do? We break it. No law could ever save us. And so in Jeremiah... As Jerusalem is being ransacked, Jeremiah speaks of the need for a new covenant. Jeremiah 31, 31 to 37 says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make. The people of Israel, after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say ought to one another, or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. This is what the Lord says. He who appoints the sun to shine by day, who decrees the moon and the stars to shine by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord Almighty is his name. Only if these decrees vanish from my sight, declares the Lord, will Israel ever cease from being a nation before me. This is what the Lord says. Only if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth below be searched out will I reject all the descendants of Israel because of all that they have done, declares the Lord. Jeremiah knew Israel had broken God's covenant. There was something new that was needed. And Jeremiah spoke of a new covenant. But this covenant was special. The old covenant required hundreds of commandments to be followed in order to receive God's blessing. The new covenant says the law is written on the hearts of the people. But more than that, the new covenant is for all people. All people get to partake in the blessings of the new covenant. Think about a party. The old covenant 
was a party for Israel in the future, and only Israel got invited, and only if they followed the law, exactly. The new covenant, still a party for Israel in the future, but it's not just Israel that gets invited. It's her friends. That's us in the church today. The new covenant that Jesus instituted with his blood through communion is an invitation for us as non-Jews to be part of God's blessing. The cross instituted salvation, atonement for sins, but more than just atonement for sins, blessing as people of God. We're going to partake in the Lord's Cup, Lord's Supper, here in a few minutes. This is the Lord's Supper. It is a memorial of what Jesus did. It's a memorial of his atoning sacrifice. It's a memorial of the new covenant that he instituted, that he brought into play with his blood. If you have accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, and you are walking in communion with him, this is for you. This is a way that you can remember what he did for you. If you've not accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you're on the fence of this, let it pass. This is a memorial of the gift of salvation. So I want to talk through what we're going to do, because we're going to sing a couple of songs here, The deacons are going to come up, and then during the song remembrance, they're going to pass out the cup. And I just want you to hold on to it, and we'll give further instructions in just a minute here. But the praise team's going to go ahead and come up. And as they're coming up, we're going to pray. And then they'll go ahead and start playing. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die. His death was horrific. But yet, his death bought our salvation, instituted the blessings that we would have no access to otherwise. And so, while we mourn what Jesus went through, we celebrate what it gave us. Father, we love you. And we know that in communion, we are remembering what you did for us. And as we sing this next song, I pray that you would open up our hearts to any sins that we need to confess, anything that exists that interferes with our relationship with you. Open us up to who you are. Help us to remember what you've done. In Jesus' name.